Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 50th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And since the World Series of Poker main event is coming up, I wanted to discuss with you a book I put out last year where I went over all of the major hands I played in the World Series of Poker main event. It's actually called The Main Event with Jonathan Little. You can get it at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash main. It's only $9.99. I wanted to make it fairly cheap for you guys so that you had no excuse not to get it. And I lay out all of the hands that I played in the quiz format. And this hand is not from the main event. However, it is a hand that is very similar to a lot of the hands in that book where I do make good reads on my opponents and get well out of line to take advantage of them. So let's go ahead and get started. So we have Queen of Hearts, Four of Clubs in the cutoff seat with 25 big blinds. We are playing... 150-300 with a 25 ante, and I have 7,700 chips. So this is a spot where I'm pretty much always folding if they fold around to me. However, in this tournament, which you will see a lot in smaller tournaments and also the main event of the World Series, players will rate, or play, players will make it very clear that they are going to be folding. And if it's clear that the guy on the button is going to be folding, or particularly if the guy on the button and the small blind are both folding, then this is a pretty great spot to raise with an overly wide range. So I definitely like the idea of raising. And I don't need to make it big. I'm fine making it fairly small. So I do make it 750. I think I could actually go a little bit smaller. But you're going to find that in general, when you're bluffing, you do want to make it slightly bigger. I'm not going to say that I'm varying my play on a regular basis like this. But... I think you can get away with it, especially against players who are not really paying attention. I mean, whenever I min-raise in this scenario, I have to realize I am going to get called way more often, and I don't really want to get called when I have queen four offsuit. So the guy in the big blind calls, a 50-year-old European, the board comes ace of clubs, jack of clubs, eight of spades. So my opponent's going to check to me, and at this point I think I need the continuation bets. And the reason I need to bet is because I have relatively little show, little showdown and... I think I can easily represent the ace. I don't think my opponent's going to have the ace too often. Although, certainly he can. It's not like it's impossible. So, I'm going to go ahead and bet this. And I want to be betting a size that's going to make my opponent fold unless he has something pretty good, like perhaps an eight or better. So, I do bet 850 and he does call. So, once he calls, I'm pretty much done with this pot. Turns a queen of clubs, putting up three clubs. I decide to check check the turn. Even though I improved on the turn to middle pair and a backdoor flush drive, the four of clubs... The four of clubs is not good. The queen for middle pair is also not good. So I don't really see how I can bet, either for value or protection or anything like that. I'm, I think I just want to check this hand down. Maybe I can check it down against a jack or an eight and win. Um, maybe my opponent has an ace and I'll get there with my club. What this amounts to is I have a hand that is marginal on both ends of the spectrum, both a, draw, a marginal drawing hand and a marginal made hand. And you're going to find that when that's the case... If your hand has showdown value, you usually don't want to be betting. If instead I had a hand like eight of diamonds, king of clubs, I think that actually is a much better hand to bet because then my showdown value is not nearly as high and my draw value is better. So there I want to maximize fold equity. In this scenario with my made hand, I want to maximize getting to the showdown. So whenever you have a, a sort of a two-way hand like this where you're either drawing or you have the best hand, one of the two, you generally want to be betting if you have more of the draws 
more uh, a better drawing hand and you want to be checking if you have a better made hand. So like say I had ace of diamonds, two of clubs, I'd pretty much never ever even consider betting this because we have a lot of showdown value. Sort of an interesting concept that I wasn't really thinking about talking about, but it came up. And you're going to find that actually in the main event with Jonathan Little, the book I talked to you about earlier, you can get it at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash main. A lot of topics like that come up on the fly. And that is why reviewing hand histories is incredibly beneficial, especially deep stacked live hand histories against varying types of opponents. So anyways, River is the five of hearts, a pretty blank card. And my opponent bets 1,600 into the 3,600 chip pot. So pretty small. And in general, this screams value to me. But at the same time, a lot of players will make this bet with any hand they perceive to be good. So, right, if my opponent thinks that I would always bet with an ace on the turn, then he's going to take a lot of the aces out of my range, meaning that I either have a queen, a jack, or worse. And if he thinks I have worse than that, he could conceivably be value betting with a jack. He could also think that I'm t- that he's turning a jack into a bluff or an eight into a bluff. I actually don't think bluffing with an eight is that bad of an idea because I'm probably... Well, so the thing is, is he has to try to figure out if I'm going to be calling with middle pair or better. And I think when he bets 1,600, I think the answer to that is yes. So I don't actually like this size as a bluff with a marginal made hand. I actually don't like the size as a bluff with any hand. However... You have to realize this, that what you think is a good play does not matter if your opponents don't think that's a good play. So be very careful, particularly when you're playing against a very wide range of opponents, that you do not project your playing style onto your opponents. That is a, an amateur mistake that people make all the time, even at the higher stakes games. They think, oh, this guy is playing a high stakes tournament, so he must be competent. And that's just not true sometimes. Or the same thing happens. You'll be playing in smaller stakes games and think, oh, this guy's playing small stakes. He must not be very good. But some people at small stakes are very good. So in this scenario, should I call, should I fold? I actually don't think it matters that much. I think it's going to be a very close decision one way or the other. I tend to lean on my live reads in this scenario. But if I had no reads and I was playing online poker, I think I would probably call and be pretty unhappy about it. You have to realize when the guy's betting less than tw- less than half pot, I only need to win... 22% of the time or something like that to break even. And I probably will. I'm probably going to win more like 30% of the time. I mean, you have to realize none of the draws missed on the flop, right? If he had king 10, he got there. If he had queen 10, he has a better queen. If he had 10, nine, he gets there. The only draws that completely missed were the bad gut shots to like 10, eight and 10, 10, eight and nine, seven. I'm sorry, 10, seven and nine, seven. But would even check call the flop of those? Probably not. So I think I'm just beating a lot of random king highs and random bad draws and also stuff like pocket sixes that decided to check call the flop one time. So I don't love the call, but I think I do need to make it against the average opponent. Um, also something worth mentioning, actually in one of the previous episodes, either 49 or 48, we discussed... Um, the value of conserving chips. But in this scenario, you have to look at this spot where if I fold, I'll have 6,000 chips left, which is only 20 big blinds, which is not great. If I call and lose, I'll have 15 big blinds left, which is really not that different from 20 big blinds. 15 big blind stacks and 20 big blind stacks play very similarly. But if I win, all of a sudden now I'm going to have 11,000 chips, which is significant. So this is a spot where 
I don't really mind the difference between 15 big blinds and 20 big blinds, but the difference between 20 big blinds and 35 big blinds is huge. So this is a spot where I do think you need to be calling based on the stack sizes. And I also discussed that a little bit in the main event with Jonathan Little. Again, you can check that out at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash main. People have been loving the book. And I think if you ever plan on playing any sort of live poker tournaments, especially higher buy-in ones, like you know $1,000 buy-in main event type tournaments, um, definitely check that book out. It'll be very beneficial for you. Thank you very much for being here for this episode. And I will talk to you next time.